Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, you're listening to me, Liz Earle, with Wellness with Liz Earle, the fifth episode of my audio well-being magazine with regular insights into all things well-being. And today we're back on the subject of good gut health, what it means, how to get it. And quite specifically today, the talk is very much about kefir. That's K-E-F-I-R, kefir. The microbial wonder juice that really does seem to have captured everyone's wellness imagination right now. And more than that, it really does seem to be a health foodies fad that's actually living up to its hype. And I'm going to be joined here by my very first well-being podcast guest, Deborah Carr, founder and creator of Nourish Kefir. And I am so looking forward to chatting all things kefir with her in just a moment. But first, let's just zoom back for a quick recap on an earlier episode on the show here when I first introduced the topic of good gut health to you, my lovely listeners. As many of you will know, I've been writing about health, beauty and well-being for literally decades Yes, I know, I am so much older than I sound. And one of the things to emerge during this time has been the incredible and vast focus of so many aspects of health and medical research around this whole gut health thing, whether I've been interviewing professors studying weight gain and obesity, or psychiatrists talking about depression and mental health, child healthcare experts on ADHD and autism, dermatologists on eczema, rosacea or psoriasis, literally the overwhelming theme that emerges from so many of these nutritionally based conversations is to do with getting better gut health. Sorting out our microbiome, and that's the collective name for the trillions of microbes, the bacteria and the fungi that live in our intestines and are literally controlling how we look, how we feel, how we age, and even the many degenerative diseases that might afflict us in later life, from osteoarthritis to dementia, Parkinson's, and even cancer. So, wow, deep breath. That is a huge and vast subject area. So no wonder we should be returning to this time and time again, no doubt, especially as it's very much front of my mind as my latest book, The Good Gut Guide, continues to storm up the charts on Amazon. And, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to write this book in the first place is not only to put gut health onto everyone's radar, but it's also to demystify and explain what it's all about, how it works and why it's important for you, 
for me, for our families, for our babies, our young children, our teenagers, the young adults, pregnant mums, stressed execs, and even for the elderly, and very much actually those in later life. Now, as well as the sciencey bit in the book, I kept the last half packed with the most delicious recipes and practical how-tos, as, you know, it's all very well knowing that we should be boosting our levels of beneficial bacteria and the gut-friendly microbes, but it's quite another to know just where to start to put this into everyday practice. One of the simplest and the most basic things to start with might be making your very own yoghurt, for example. And I give a very simple recipe for this, and you'll find this in full on my lizarwellbeing.com website. And it really is very easy indeed. I'm going to explain now just how to do it. Don't be afraid. In fact, once you've made your own, you will probably wonder why you spent all that money on the sugary plastic pots of what I call dead yoghurt, when you could be making your own super easy live yogurt packed with microbes such as lactobacillus acidophilus and many more. For me I typically make a batch on a Sunday evening, leave it somewhere warm overnight such as on a radiator, by the agar or in the boiler cupboard and hey presto by the morning I have a bowl full of the most delicious plain live yogurt ready to pop into the fridge and enjoy it by the spoonful during the week ahead. I also love the way I don't now have to be concerned about throwing away or hopefully recycling all those endless plastic pots, you know, the vast majority of which we know end up in landfill. So how do you make it? Very simply, you just need a litre of whole milk and I use organic and I try and find grass-fed or pasture-fed milk and you can look for the free-range dairy label if you're in the UK, for example. Uh, a teaspoon of powdered milk, and this is optional, actually. It's just to thicken the consistency, as otherwise homemade yog can be a little bit runny. And then you need 50 grams or about two tablespoons of plain live yogurt to get you going. So this is your starter culture. And basically, you just warm the milk so it's just over blood heat. That's around 45 degrees centigrade. Do take care not to boil the milk, as this not only affects the taste, but it also kills off many of the beneficial bugs that you're going to be cultivating. If you can, use a cooking thermometer for this, like a jam thermometer, for example. And so into your warm milk, you stir the milk powder, which is the optional bit, and then a little bit of the starter live yogurt. So stir it all in, and they do say that you shouldn't use a metal spoon. So I'm not sure whether that's a fact or whether that's a myth. I'm going to ask Deborah Carr that in a moment, actually. Perhaps she can tell us. And so I use a wooden spoon to stir it. And then you transfer it from the pan into a dish, just like a glass bowl, cover it with a cloth. I use a clean tea towel. And then you leave that overnight for the bugs and the fermentation process to take effect. Now, you don't have to use cow's milk. You could use sheep's milk or goat's milk if you find that is easily digested. Um, or you could use soy milk or coconut milk if you prefer. Just remember, the key thing is to save a bit from each batch to start you off on the next lot. And actually, what I do is I put a separate bit into a jam jar and keep it separate so my children don't just raid the fridge and scoff the lot. 
The texture is quite runny, so it's more of a pouring yoghurt, which is absolutely ideal for granola, for muesli, for adding into milkshakes and smoothies. But if you want to, you can thicken it up by straining through a muslin cloth or through a fine sieve, which gives it more of a Greek yoghurt kind of texture. Or adding something like corn flour or carrageen seaweed or agar flakes, that will also thicken it up a bit. And I actually like to add the contents of a good probiotic capsule to further boost these strains of different beneficial bacteria. Something like BioCult, for example, that's a nice brand, and that contains at least six different strains of beneficial microbes. So you can really make it into a bit of a turbocharged yoghurt. And then once it's made, you can just add a generous spoonful or two of plain live yoghurt into your everyday diet. And it really is an incredibly good and easy and cheap healthful addition. So moving on from yoghurt, up the list in the health and well-being foodie charts comes kefir. And this is something that I affectionately call super yoghurt. And with me in the studios to tell us more about this genuine superfood is Deborah Carr, founder and creator of the brand Nourish. So welcome, Deborah, to my well-being studios and to the show here. And you are actually my very first podcast guest. Hi, Liz. Thank so you for inviting we me. We ought to have a trumpet fanfare, yeah. perhaps, or, or a clatter <laughs> of kefir glasses mm -hmm. or something. Thank you so much for being with us. And I have to mention that you and I first met at 10 Downing Street, yes, no less. we did indeed. About a year or so ago. And that was kind of the last place, I think, that I was expecting to find a wellness warrior. What, why, why were you there? Um, we were there because our business was recognised as one of the 38th fastest growing women-led business in, really? in the UK. Yes, so we got, that's how we were invited Gosh, to be there. Fantastic. Yeah, it was great. And yeah. you are obviously the founder and creator of Nourish Kefir and yes. that's all you do is kefir is that right? That's all we do we're totally dedicated to making kefir from grains from, from the living grains, grains. okay yes. so let's say for people who've never heard of kefir this is completely new what is it and how do you take it or enjoy it? Kefir is very simply a fermented milk drink mm -hmm. and then it becomes a little bit more specialised because it's made specifically with kefir cultures. So as a fermented milk drink, that's typically yoghurt. And kefir is um, a, a type of yoghurt drink with many different strains of bacteria and yeasts in it, mm -hmm. which is what I think makes it special and has been my experience of it as well, which is why I wanted to do it. So what led you to start a whole company on kefir? What's your journey? My journey was that I had been suffering for 10 years with IBS and Crohn's disease. And then totally by chance, a friend had the kefir and he was growing the cultures in his living room. And I, I just happened to say, what is it? And he said, kefir, like I should know, you know, <laughs> well, what's that, you know? And he must have said, it's good for you. He must have said that because I went home, Googled it, and it said that it works for IBS and Crohn's. So the next time I was in touch with him I said can I have those kefir grains and he gave them to me and I had no idea even what to do how to ferment them I had no instructions I think he must have just said I had milk you know and let it do its thing and um, I started making really really strong totally over fermented kefir because I'd never even mm. had it before so I didn't even know what it tasted like and it made me well and I'm completely well I've been well for over 10 years so literally from the first time I had kefir I don't take any medication. Wow. Um, you know, doctors would just say I'm in remission, but right. kefir has 
created that well position of being in remission. And how long did it take for you personally? And obviously people's experiences will vary, but for you, what was your experience? It must have been a couple of months because I quit my job by July and was going off to Slovenia to try and find a supplier to actually start importing kefir and had an agreement by the September. So I think it was pretty quick. Gosh, so Slovenia, is that where it started? You know, who made the first kefir grain? um, No, I think the... The legend has mm. it that kefir is from the Caucasus Mountains, which is a lush and um, vibrant environment, naturally, where the cultures just formed in nature. Wow. So whatever conditions were right, these little clusters of bacteria formed. In fact, actually, people would have been fermenting milk. Was it with goat's milk originally, do you think? I don't, I don't know, because they even talk about mare's milk. So... I think it might have been cows or potentially mare's milk. But it would have been fermented in animal hide, is what you hear. And it would have been hanging in the doorway. And when people come in, they'd smack the bag of animal hide where they would make this kefir. And something happened in that little microcosm that formed these clusters. And then the people, the the story is that the people in the Caucasus... um, kept them to themselves and were all doing, you know, very healthy and well. And well, they're supposed to, to live long very age. long, aren't Absolutely. they? That's the thing when yes. you talk about caucuses. It's and the it was their life. secret. It, they they kept it to themselves. Yeah, they knew this. Just They just shared it among their communities. Mm. And yeah, they living to 100 plus years. So where do the grains come from? I mean, are they originally sort of animal in origin or are they like a, a yeasty thing? Do they come from the atmosphere? Do we know? I think they come from the atmosphere. Just the right conditions were present for mm. the bacteria. Those bacteria are everywhere anyway, yeah, and that we can't see them. But they form these little polysaccharide clusters with yeasts. Mm. It's um, I know people call scobies a yes. symbiosis of bacteria and yeast. Yes. And kefir is a perfect example of that, where they live together and they need each other. Mm-hmm. You can't have one type of bacteria without the yeasts, and it's kefir. It's something mm. else. It's just that strain of bacteria. So specifically, the kefir clusters are yeasts and bacteria living together, supporting each other. Gosh, and little... supporting us. Yeah, I mean, it's really a beautiful thing. You know? <laughs> I mean, and I've, I've noticed, because I have become a little bit obsessed by um, fermented and cultured foods recently, because I've been writing my books, so I've been yes, really sort yes. of immersed in it. And I am absolutely um, a stickler for reading labels. You know, my children groan because I go out shopping with a magnifying glass and I literally oh, yes. want to know everything. And often these things are written in tiny, tiny print. Yeah. And I've noticed that with different types of kefir, they seem to contain different types or strains of bacteria. Yeah. So is that relevant? Should you be looking for certain types of ingredients in your kefir when you buy it? That is quite interesting because we have our kefir analysed in laboratories in the UK Mm. that are really top labs and they actually cannot identify every single species. Really? So there's some magic ingredients in there that are as yet unknown. Well, I've seen websites where scientists are talking about all the different species and they say there could be 40 different strains of bacteria and more than 10 different strains of yeasts. Mm -hmm. But when I've gone back to the lab and said, can you please identify this, 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 this and this? And they say no. 
because they all look the same. So they'll say there's lactobacillus or saccharomyces for yeasts. Mm -hmm. And within the saccharomyces, there could be different types. Mm. And um, and in kefir made from grains, there are kefirofaciens or something like that. Sorry, I'm not very good Mm. at pronouncing all the names. You will only get that in kefir from grains. So it doesn't exist outside of that little... So that's one of the reasons why kefir is so special, Yes, would you say? Oh, you cannot... You cannot get kefir without having these clusters mm-hmm. of bacteria and yeast mm-hmm. growing. Um, yeah. And I, I think one of the things, particularly as women listening, is when we hear the word yeast, it kind of sends an alarm yeast. bell. It's okay. Because it's we're so yeast. used, aren't we, yes, to hearing about indeed. candida and, and over colonies of the yes. bad yeasts that are, are not so great. They're not internally. all bad. Okay, so we need that balance to be and, between good and bad. And some yeasts are probiotic, mm-hmm. which you... you well, I sort of think of only bacteria being probiotic, but yeasts are also probiotic, mm. some of the good ones. So it's like anything like that. Some bacteria are bad mm-hmm. and these yeah, ones happen sure. to be good. So it's the same with the same yeast. With yeasts. We have lots of customers who were concerned about the yeasts and yeah. we just reassure them, no, no, these are the good types of yeast mm. that will help try and fight off a candida mm. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that yeah. is what I've heard, that actually yeah, definitely. it can be very beneficial. Yes. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You've talked about IBS and Crohn's. What other ailments do people take kefir for specifically in your experience? Uh, Mostly it's gut-related. So a lot of customers will have something like Crohn's or a different type of inflammation in the gut or gastro and any kind of gastrointestinal disorder kefir is amazing for um 
some customers have eczema really badly and That's said it really helps that. Too. Yeah. Mm. But those things probably start in the gut anyway. So I think that there are a lot of potential ailments that start with unhealthy bacteria in the gut for whatever reason and um, the kefir can just help get that balance right and then hopefully help sort out other things and I think that when when I first started this I went on a seminar that was really for the medical profession so it was slightly out of my league but they were talking about how the gut bacteria are communicating with the brain <gasps> completely so, so absolutely the through ones, the vagus nerve so it's directly connecting oh, the yeah. intestine up to the brain totally connecting yeah. it but if the bad ones are communicating they're telling you to go and eat something unhealthy probably yes. but if the good ones are communicating they're looking after you helping support brain function keeping your head clear yeah. helping you deal with whatever is going on that in your is life. quite fascinating because i have to confess in the past i have been a bit of a sugar addict Oh, yeah, so fine. Uh, you know, and, and certainly my children as well, and I'm always trying to wean them off. And I've noticed, and I don't know whether it's coincidence or whether it is through having more kefir now almost daily, that I have less of a sweet tooth. I don't have those sugar cravings. The more kefir you drink, you notice how sweet other things are. Mm. Where if, if I have a sweet tooth, and when I'm really drinking loads of kefir, and certainly in the early days, I would then have something that I would normally have had that was sweet. And I thought, this is way too sweet there's yeah. way too much sugar in this and you you really notice it then because it changes your taste buds somehow to not crave sugar actually yeah. in the same is way is there sugar in kefir do you get the milk sugars that well there is the milk sugar but there's no added sugar yeah. so the milk sugar the lactose is fermented down into the mono sugars glucose and galactose which should be easier for most people to digest mm -hmm. Ten, depending on the um, fermentation, there might be a little bit of lactose left. It's a bit difficult to. So, if you're you know, lactose intolerant, exactly. you are likely to be able to have yes, milk because kefir. Kefir has enzymes in it as well that will mm. help the body not react to food intolerances. So, the food intolerances could be potentially from leaky gut, where tiny particles are getting into the bloodstream and the body is trying to defend itself. Yeah. And um, the kefir can help the body to digest foods that it normally has a problem with. Mm -hmm. So, there may be a little bit of lactose in the kefir, but there are other enzymes in it that will help right. the person drinking it be able yeah. to digest it. So, we definitely have people who've got a problem with dairy. Mm -hmm. And I always say, just if you're willing to just try it yes. just try it but if you're when people are worried they don't really want to go there they're like oh no sure. I can't have milk and they want to do it with something else but from my own experience when I first found kefir I was on a restricted diet I couldn't have gluten dairy meat all sorts of things Gosh. it was really tough now I eat everything and that's another thing with kefir it gives you back um food options yes so yes. you get used to that restricted diet and fine, you know, we can cope quite well and there's loads of gluten-free things now. So it's pretty, there's lots of choices for people. But how about if you actually can fix you it, do it. Yes. and you can eat whatever you like yeah. once again? Yeah. And then you know you just have to watch yourself and if you're not feeling great, you know, cut back on certain things. Mm -hmm. But I, for me, the kefir has been liberating in just giving me back my health and diet and ability to have what I mm. want, you know, to have food choices and not yeah. have a restricted diet. You talk a bit about um, cow's milk and, yes. and dairy. Presumably you could make it with goat's milk or sheep's milk. Could you? Does it work as well? You absolutely can make it with goats and sheeps and buffalo milk. And I think all the animal milks work really well. Mm -hmm. What about things like the nut milks and soy milk? 
Nut milks are a bit of a challenge because they are predominantly water. It's the right. same with coconut milk. There's oh. loads of people want to make kefir with coconut milk. And does that not work? It's going to separate because the way those nut milks and coconut milk are made, you shake them up before you use them. You know, they're in a carton and everything. Right, yes. So they're fine over cereal or as yeah. a drink. You're going to have it there and then. But during fermentation, the cultures are digesting the food right so they're pre-digesting it and of course if it's predominantly water that bit will just separate out and then you'll have uh, your sort of um sludgy yes right. thing, you know that loads of people still use it and that's yes, fine because it's almost like it becomes a drink then doesn't it? like a yes. liquid drink it will just be fermenting like kefir the other, water yeah. really rather than a kefir milk maybe or yes but for me personally my my choice has always gone has been for the cow's milk because it's so nutritionally sound with fats, proteins, carbohydrates, mm. and liquid that will not separate. Right. So if you're if you're having kefir because you've had bad digestion and you're a bit poorly and you've got limited food choices, I think it's so nutritious. Mm. It will it will feed you. It mm. will fill you up. It will give you some good nutrition. And because it's been fermented, it's easy to digest. Right. So your body isn't having to work hard and say, oh, I don't like this food. I'm irritated. You know, yeah. it's actually going to calm your stomach down. And should we have it on an empty stomach? When's the best time to take it? That's a good question. My current thinking mm. is before meals mm -hmm. and i say to people who've got digestive challenges issues little and often is what i really? think yeah so mm. i would say three times a day even if it's just a mouthful really just to have a mouthful yeah. a few minutes before your breakfast dinner and before bed yeah and it was quite interesting. There was a program on TV about it's sleep. about sleep. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I thought it was quite interesting yeah. that they said about inulin, I think. But I was thinking, because they were saying inulin helps the good bacteria, because it feeds the good bacteria. Mm -hmm. I think, why don't you just feed the good bacteria with some good bacteria? Yeah. You know, have some kefir before bed. That was really... So, and that could encourage a good night's sleep. I think so. It's mm -hmm. got um, B vitamins in it as well that I think can help calm the nerves and mm -hmm. just and help induce a good mm -hmm. night's sleep yeah. and is it for all ages you know i'm sure there'll be people listening today who you know maybe pregnant or breastfeeding yes, yep, or with yep. poor immune systems i mean is it safe for those groups who are normally told to be very careful with uh, definitely foods? from everything that i know about kefir it's perfect for pregnant women for uh, women breastfeeding um so people with weak immune systems i know that they have to be careful and i think they should always seek medical advice if yes. they're not sure but absolutely you know <laughs> totally yes this is exactly what you should be and drinking and children babies when, um, when when would you start well as soon as infants are allowed normal cow's milk then fine so if, is that six months or 12 months I'm yes like sure. the, the yeah. advice seems to change doesn't it but yes yeah, so when so whenever that, that point, is yeah yes yeah, and a lady who works with us, her daughter has had a bit of a sweet tooth and she's just been started drinking the plain kefir, mm. I think. Excellent, she's two, two years old and she's now got a craving for How it. Fabulous. And I think, yeah, yeah, so wonderful. So to get them off the sweet things, yes. have something natural, that is going to be so good for them. Oh my goodness, yeah. I tell you, I'm going straight home for my seven-year-old. <laughs> he doesn't know what's going to hit yeah. him first thing in the morning. Um, talking about giving it to different types of people, I've even heard of people giving it to animals. Yes, absolutely. And I, I've got one friend who said, oh, she, I make my own kefir and I love it. And I put some on the dog bowl. And if I put yes. down two bowls of food, it's the one with the kefir that my dog yeah, will lovely. go to first and yeah. want to eat that out of choice. 
We have um, friends of Nourish Kefir who um, totally have it for their dogs. We have people buying it specifically for dogs for their gut health. Mm. And recently a lady just bought some for her horse. Wow. Gosh, yeah, fascinating. Because horse had an upset tummy. You know, they get yes. upset tummies yeah, too, yeah. No, you know, sure. when they... But yeah, I think from everything I've heard about dogs, they love it. They just yeah. really enjoy yeah. it and know what's good for them. Now, I know that you, you sell the little bottles because I've seen them in refrigerated units in um, health food shops. And it's lovely to see all the flavoured varieties. You yes. bought some blueberry and pomegranate, I think, yes. which is absolutely delicious. Um, and I personally love the plain one. Yeah. When you're selling the grains and the, the powders, what's the difference and how easy is it to make your own from that? Um, we sell, we just sell a starter culture as opposed to the live grains. Right. So what's the difference? The live grains are tricky. They're they look a, a bit like thing. cottage cheese, don't yes. they, when you get yeah. them? Because I've bought them sort of online. So they're they're amazing. So if if somebody's really into having a go themselves, of course I totally recommend to have the live grains. They're amazing mm. and wonderful. But if you're slightly concerned to how do I know if it's worked or not worked, mm -hmm. the starter cultures are really easy. They're like one step removed. So they're already measured. They'll make a litre. Right, in little sachet. You feel like it. And do you just yeah. add it to milk? Does it, you just warm the milk? Or how, how does you, it work? Um, they're so easy. You put the quantity in your container. You have your litre of milk. You don't need to warm it, mm -hmm. except if it's minus 10 right, then, you, know, then okay. you might want to warm it but you know you really don't need to do anything to it um you add a small little bit at a time up to your liter just slowly stirring it in and actually that's really how we make kefir mm -hmm. we just slowly stir the milk and cultures Gosh. and then we leave it alone once we're once you're satisfied it's all stirred in together so we say 10 minutes which i know some people said it takes 10 minutes you know i think that's your meditation time yes, lovely just, very like kneading yes, bread calm, you know you've got that yeah everything about kefir is calm mm. and slow and just be patient and um so once it's mixed cover it with cling film or if you have a lid yep and you leave it alone okay and will it start to go fizzy thing. and how, how long do you leave it for usually it's about 24 hours uh, a bit a bit shorter in hot, mm -hmm. hot weather okay so you just have to watch it. But we always say to people, if you're out and about and you, you know, 24 hours is up, don't panic. It doesn't right. matter. You're like, oh, okay. no, what am I going to do? If it's another hour or two or three, it's really okay. Mm -hmm. You're just over fermenting and you'll get a bit of separation. Right. So we always say that it's better to over ferment because you really know it's done. So that would be our, our aim. And it will set like a blancmange. So you take really? a little spoonful at the top and it will leave an indent in your container so you know it's done. Mm -hmm. And you still now transfer it to the fridge. You don't do anything yet. You let it chill right. and ripen. Gosh. So as it's cooling down, the fermentation is continuing but at a slower pace and other flavours and aromas are developing. Mm. So after about five or six hours, it's ready. So it's still set like this blancmange. When you stir it, it will become liquid. Right. And it will remain liquid. Right. So we do that on a bigger scale. Wow, how fascinating. And I've also um, heard somewhere, and I, I said this actually earlier in the show, about not using metal. Is that truth or, or a myth? Did you um, use a metal spoon for A metal stirring? spoon is absolutely fine. Okay, good. But you wouldn't leave your live grains in metal over a period of time. Because right, it will, okay. It will kill them, it's true. Right, okay. So, so just a, a brief stir is fine, but... Yeah, but yes. And um, where people say if they were going to sieve it, is a metal sieve bad? And we say if you, you can get a plastic sieve really easily, mm, so do yeah, that if yeah. you need to. And then how long can you keep it for once you've made it and you've stirred it all in together? 
four days, four days. In I've the kept on for weeks, and it's just gone sort of fizzy. Is is that right or wrong? <laughs> I think um, you have to be the judge of that, really. Right. Okay. I think if you keep it nice and cold, the mm. thing is that if it's out on the side and it's sort of fermenting away, and you think, mm. oh no, I forgot about that, and put it in the fridge. Yeah might be festering a little bit okay because I, I went on holiday to Italy and it was quite warm and I took a separate suitcase full of kefir your kefir actually with me oh lovely and, and then oh, the yeah, plane was good. delayed yeah. so we got we, the, the suitcase did get slightly warm oh bottles and, <laughs> in the bottles oh yes. wow and then, okay. but it was fine because yeah. then when I got there um, I just had a fridge and I could put it straight into the fridge the bottles but I was robust. away for a week and yeah, I then perfect. had it every day for oh, a week oh wow that's lovely um, because you know it is slightly addictive isn't it you do get I think your body gets used to it and almost craves the the benefit that it can feel in a good from way it. in a good way in a good way yes yeah. um, something nutritious for us to have so mm. why not it's a good addiction hopefully and I know interestingly just one little story that I'll share with you quickly and that was a friend of mine who was seeing a dentist oh yes um, yeah. having problems with his gums and he's become an absolute um, avid maker of his own kefir and he went back after about six months of drinking kefir daily and his dentist took one look in his mouth and said, you know, what are you doing? And he said, well, why? And he said, well, your gums are amazing. I normally only see this on people who are totally obsessed with their gum health and have sort of flossing 19 times a day. Yep. Are you doing that? And he said, no, I'm, the only thing I've done that's different in my life is drink kefir. Amazing. Have you heard any of those sort of dental stories? I haven't heard stories like that, but I would totally agree that drinking kefir would help look after your gums because of all the bacteria that we can't see in our mouths mm. that are there all the time, I think it would help clean it, help cleanse it and get rid of bacteria that's really lurking around. Mm. So you could almost have a, a mouthful of kefir and swoon it around, a bit like a Absolutely. mouthwash. Absolutely. And I have said that to people. Really? And I said if they've got a bad problem, say like a root canal, mm. I'd say to spit it out. So don't swallow that one. So do the swish oh, around. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and spit that out and then you're good to go. But, um, yeah, because I think a lot of the, I say to people who've got stomach problems, how are their teeth? Because I do mm. think that um, potentially if you've got gum problems or root canals that are giving you trouble, there could be a leak of bad bacteria that you're literally swallowing down Gosh. into your intestinal yes. tract that you don't even know you're doing that how completely fascinating deborah it is absolutely such a pleasure and a joy i know My that we could talk for hours perhaps we can come back and revisit it just for everybody listening we will be continuing the conversation online so as always if you go to lizarwellbeing.com or facebook or instagram and ask questions and comment it would be great to hear what you'd like us to pick up on this and you deborah really are the queen of kefir I'm going to anoint you now. Wow, thank you. And I thank have you. hugely enjoyed having you as my <laughs> oh, very first wellness expert I'm here. so happy to be here. So, thank you for inviting me. Thank you thank very you. much. And if you'd like to know more, do check out Nourish Kefir online. You'll find photos of Deborah and her team on their Instagram account as well, which is at Nourish Kefir, as well as on Facebook and all the rest. And I also have an online tutorial at LizelleWellbeing.com, as well as on our Lizelle Wellbeing YouTube channel. So do check that little film clip out. And it's been great to chat today. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And lovely that so many of you actually are tuning in regularly now too. So don't forget to subscribe. And also, please do leave a review to encourage others too, if you fancy. You may also like to head over to my own website, lizellewellbeing.com, and sign up for the free weekly newsletter that my lovely team and I put together to bring you lots more of our wellness news, free recipes, special offers, there's event tickets, and so much more. 
You'll also find a series of video clips demonstrating recipes and more from my skin and gut health books, the magazines and all more besides, which I filmed here at my Wellbeing Studios. And these are free to download and view. You simply go to lizearlwellbeing.com and search Watch Liz. Coming up next time, I'm going to be looking at the best ways to stay safe in the sun. Should we now be getting a tan in order to top up our vitamin D levels? What are the alternatives? What summer skincare products really work? All about UVA and UVB filters in our sun care and so much more. So until then, thank you for tuning in and go well. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details